man. I go back at 82. Coach put me in. We go to state. That's right. I don't like the way you're looking at me, Napoleon. <laughs> You are a strong, proud, splendid black man. <laughs> I destroyed our toilet in our house. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> How would you deal with a toilet just like one second being a toilet and the next second just being... A fucking disaster. <laughs> I didn't handle myself very well in in the moment. I was, yeah. I, all I could think of was I was like, we got to shit in the morning. Our morning time is our shit time. Like, that's when we shit. What are we gonna do if we can't shit? Walkers to episode 82. Is this 82? Yeah, it is 82. 82 of Long Walk Short Drink. Holy shit. We are marching towards that 100 mark. That is fantastic. We are. In the years we've been alive, 82 makes uh, me think of Nebraska, the Springsteen album Nebraska, and much of where Born in the USA was recorded as well. And and even though I've only seen them once or twice, they left an indelible image on me. Um, The... Burden of Dreams documentary and Fitzgeraldo movie, or the Werner Herzog uh, movie about trying to pull a, sh- uh, a man in, trying to bring the opera to the jungle, and Klaus Kinski tries to pull a ship over a mountain. Anyway, oh yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Those are the random that. 1982. Now that we're into the years that I, we didn't think of it, I didn't think of it when in 1979 when I was born. But anyway, those are the things. What, what do you think of when you think of 82? Uncle Rico, now I'm thinking of. Jesus. <laughs> Uncle Rico. Man, if I could go back at 82, coach put me in. We go to state. That's right. I don't like the way you're looking at me, Napoleon. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is Dave talking to, actually from Missoula, Montana. This time I'm in a hotel talking to my buddy. Oh. Who are you? Palmer podcasting <laughs> to you from. Dayton, Ohio. Jesus. No, right. I'm so I hopped in on the eighty two. Fucking technology though. I'm working so I w- was frantically because of course put it off to the last second finishing that I, I shot a movie. I shot oh. an unboxing. Yes. It's edited roughly together. I even have a title overlay at one point come into the video, all done when on my phone. These Wish things it. are fucking like supercomputer that could fit in your pocket. It's amazing. And a production studio yeah. now. <laughs> and yeah, it like just mind blowing what you're able to create. So um I couldn't direct upload right into YouTube because there's a limit from iMovie on your iPhone. Oh, okay. Like a mega uh megabyte limit. So I'm gonna try to upload so I just exported the video. It's long. It's like 38 minutes long. Oh, wow. Um, so Doesn't lots scare of me. content. 40 <laughs> minutes of content. 
Um, I might though. Uh, I have an idea for a title, like a thumbnail for it. Um, that I will have to add once it's uploaded into YouTube. I think that's how that works. Yeah, that's great though. Um, that's exciting. So by the time this episode is up, that uploaded that should, that will be done. Yeah, and it'll be <laughs> we'll put we'll switch it from private to public, and it'll be out there then and and on the air for people to see. But what I'm hoping is is I can start it uploading, and then we'll t- bullshit for like we do, and then at some point it will be done uploading, and then. Uh, if you if we want to watch, I I mean it's forty minutes long. I don't think people want to listen to us watch this for forty minutes, but <laughs> it's kind of uh, it, it it's it's pretty aw- it, It's I think it's awesome. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But oh, I want to get this. I want to get this started now. That's great. Like it's yeah. like live in real time for me, but also for our listeners. Like, is it going to happen? <laughs> in the hours of the talk. <laughs> We have 118 subscribers. I know. You, did you notice that? <laughs> what I, the fuck? I don't know. I, Who are I, these I mean, people? I'm, exactly. Who are these people listening and watching? Oh, um, my gosh. That's so awesome. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I love all of you. Thank you for, like, man, we haven't even been pushing subscribers and that we've gone up by 20. It's like we shot. We rocketed past our 100 goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, it took us a while so to get from 90 to 100, as I recall. And so to have, yeah, gotten almost an additional 20 since we've been badgering folks about it. I mean, I, I put some things in place and I, I, I feel like JCVD works for us sometimes in the the uh, JC related comment I put, or content I sometimes put up, reviews and uh, I don't know, or the unboxing of other stuff I put, but uh, you never know. And I And I did this thing where if you watch for... I think after three minutes of any of our videos, a subscribe sort of bug comes up and stays up. So it must be doing something. And it's nice to know that people watch for more than three minutes. (laughs) I just incidentally. So um, I have a, we did a thing at my job where we were, it was like a show and tell and not everybody where I work makes uh, films as part of their job. So that made more sense for me than other people. But we're also encouraged to show things beyond or share things beyond our um, professional output, you know, through the, through the place. And so I showed, uh, I think I showed clips or like, you know, how we do the teaser intros. And I think I showed them for our Goonies and JCVD episodes. I was like, yeah, cause they, they you know, I, anyway, but um, so, <laughs> so based on that, one of my colleagues, randomly this last time i saw we see each other like once a month this larger group and she goes i I listen to your podcast i was like oh boy (laughs) because this person just so happens to also really love podcasts but she has said specifically what types of podcasts she likes and this is the antithesis of ours like uh, she likes them to be short uh about something useful um not a lot like i I can't remember all the things but it was so funny so when i first like mentioned i was like this is you know Karen would not like this. <laughs> anyway, but Karen listened. And the only thing she said, uh, really, other than she she gets the idea of like, you know, people talking about something very specific and things that they liked when they were growing up and she makes her want to find like her uh the corresponding type thing for like her generation and the things that she likes. But she goes, I gotta tell you, your friend that you co-host with is a very charismatic host. <laughs> 
Like, what? Yeah, that's that's what she chose to share. So I passed Man, that along. The ladies, the older ladies, just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not that older, it. but but yeah. Oh, not that older. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I mean, Take maybe that ten out. years, maybe ten years older than us. I just. You know, oh yeah, no sensitive that's bullshit. Take topic. that. I, I shouldn't even have said that. <laughs> well, just say then the ladies. I, I was just thinking of like I was just thinking of the bride's mother and like. Oh yeah, mothers. You know, uh, always loved me growing up too. Wish their daughters yeah. did as much, but <laughs> it works out eventually. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> so I want to kind of piggyback on this a little bit. So. I came. I, I had this epiphany. It's interesting because you were like, "You're you have this coworker who um does not like you would not. Th- she loves podcasts, but does, would not think she would like ours just because it's not the kind of podcast that she listens to." And I got to thinking about this: how the people who I mean, I tell everybody that we have a podcast, right? And so my buddy, my pinball buddy that I talked about on the last episode, right? Who like listened, like devoured our podcast. Yeah. He texted me last night and he's like, hey man, you're not going to get this. Like I have this buddy who has a podcast and he totally gave me a shout out on his 2019 recap. And he's like, they, and he was talking about me. Like, oh, he's, okay. like, uh, you know, like he's being <laughs> funny. And uh, we were just talking about it. He, he said he actually shared uh, our Joker episode. So he's hoping, he's like, I hope it get, helps you get some hits. So, oh, cool. Well, 118 uh, subscribers on uh, YouTube. So. Yeah, which thanks. <laughs> um, so he, he said that uh, we were just talking about it. And I was like, I think that we are like a podcast podcast like we there's tons of content that for people so people who like podcasts tend to be the people that I find will enjoy our podcast because I feel like people who like podcasts are like us like they want to consume as much as they can if they find something they like which even if even if uh, you know a three or four hour long discussion about revenge flicks <laughs> is not up your like you wouldn't think you would, that would be appealing, but if you're a you know if if that kind of talk of a podcast appeals to you, why wouldn't you want four hours of that? That's you know how what I, I mean? am. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> um, so uh, I I think that like people who like podcasts tend to like our podcast just because of the amount of content and the personal level that we. I always sell it as like it's an excuse for it's an intentional excuse for me to have conversations with a friend I've been making stuff with for 20 years, 20 plus years. And uh and that's really at the end of the day what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and I said but beyond that then we just talk about shit that we like. And so you either like it or you don't. And but I I I really think that's that is the crux of our audience is podcast people who enjoy podcasts, not like they don't necessarily have to. And I think your coworker is a prime example of that. Like somebody you would not anticipate being a listener of to our show, but because she listens to podcasts, it appeals to her, you know? Yeah. So. Pre- yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, it always amazes me that anyone listens and I'm very delighted. <laughs> If, if they enjoy it because i know the 
the um the way the in the kind of relationships that I form with the podcasts I listen to, whether or not I've discovered them since they've stopped publishing, <laughs> or you know if it's something I can rely on week in and week out or monthly or whatever it is, it's it's such a personal relationship where yeah you feel i don't know i i feel a part of those um podcasts that i listen to and i i love the idea that anyone might feel the same about ours yeah but absolutely how, how have you been so we haven't we haven't you know that we're really into this now monthly kind of thing where it's been you know easily that long since we've chatted yeah. and um <laughs> like like Lo- like cabin kid logan who will be on our next episode uh once said um th- there's a lot of thing like we're not just i hadn't just been doing one thing i've done many things <laughs> yeah so yeah i could tell you about so many different types of stuff uh we'll see the, where the conversation uh takes us but yeah how have you been what have you been up to etc etc um Man, it's so funny because it's like now that I have, I was like, man, what are, what the hell am I going to talk about? There's this and there's this and there's this. And now I'm like drawing blanks on everything. Uh, <clears throat> since I saw you, so um, with my new job, it, it's a like multi-year training program for my job. And about halfway through those multi-years, you get pulled out of what you were working on and put on something completely new and out of that comfort zone. And uh, Ash and I both just went through that. We just started within the last like few weeks. Mm. We just started um, at the second half of our training location and doing we're doing work that is, of course, still related to our respective fields, but also is in a completely different wheelhouse of those fields. So yeah, that um, was interesting. I have poor change, hate it. So yeah, so there was that. Um, What else is going on? I got, so the unboxing that I filmed is is a pinball machine unboxing. Uh, That was pretty significant. That happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just excited to share the unboxing, uh, with the show. Um, what movies did we, we, there was a movie that came out that I thought we saw. Oh, we watched Parasite. So did we. Yes. Oh Just so happened to see it like two days before the Oscars. So it was like when it was winning all the things we were like, fuck yeah, win that. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I was, um, when I, I I saw a trailer for that at the Alamo Draft House, and uh, th- they did this. This was like so. It was since you came to visit in the summer, but bef- be you know before it was released in theaters uh, in America, and it was something that they must do from time to time. But they were basically endorsing it. They're like, "This is an Alamo Draft House pick. You should see wow. it." And at the time, like a Korean, fil- it seemed like a Korean horror film, which I guess it is, uh, though it's it's more along the lines of like a get out i would say social thriller than a true yeah. horror and with the name parasite um anyway but uh so i had made note to tell you about it because the trailer was so um and that the way that they were talking it up i was like oh i probably should know about this and then i forgot and then it was like everywhere anyway yeah. so you saw it how did you how did it hit you oh man it so i that's not my first foray 
uh, into one of that director's movies. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but he did Snowpiercer, which was this like amazingly visual. He his symbolism that he uses is fantastic because what you're actually seeing isn't actually what he's trying to tell you ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, Snowpiercer is this beautiful science fiction post-apocalyptic film. Uh, the father from Parasite is in Snowpiercer, but it's actually an English film. Like the the, it's got Chris Evans in it, the Captain America, and uh, I remember hearing about uh, this a few yeah. years ago when it came out. I just never got around to it. Uh, so good. It and it also all of his films deal with like class and sh- social status. Oh, so, okay. um, Buju Ho is that you say his name? Bon- I uh, yeah I think uh, oh I'm reading my handwriting so that could be oh. a G who knows <laughs> oh well <laughs> um and and the host is the the first one that I think really like broke out of the Korean market and went into like a, a more of a global market and really made a splash uh fans of the host are huge fans of the host and that's like a monster movie like a modern uh Korean version of like Godzilla almost. And, oh, interesting. Uh so uh that one's really good. And that one is uh the it's all Korean speaking, so um it's interesting how he even came and made this like Eng- with Snowpiercer made this English speaking f- spoken film and it's just as effective and just as powerful. It's really great how like he finds the things that aren't lost in the translation, hmm. you know, that, that, that will speak to everyone. There was still, I think with Parasite, I think there was still some stuff that just you wouldn't pick up on because you didn't grow up in South Korea. Um, uh, the the noodle dish that she asks, that they call at the last minute and like, we're yeah. going to be home in seven minutes and we yeah. need you to make that. I didn't even I didn't even know this until I watched another video on YouTube, uh, a cooking video where the guy makes things from movies. He makes like food and oh, that's fun stuff from movies. Uh, and he made that dish, and he's like, the whole symbolism of this is it, like it's the combination of two instant noodle dishes that you mix them together, and then they. She doesn't ask for any steak. Like the steak that she, the sirloin steak that she says they have in the fridge to put on top is like this really expensive, like it's more expensive than Wagyu beef, Korean style beef. So he's like, imagine putting black truffles on a Big Mac. That's what they're like. (laughs) It's the symbolism of this, like they're asking for this, like rich, bastardized version of this very poor peasant food, basically. Uh. And, uh, you know, I would not have known that had it not been for that video, right? Yeah, and no, me neither. But the it was it's one of those movies that just like sits with you when you when you see it. Like you don't. And what's so funny is is you don't. I didn't find myself really emotionally connected to anyone. Like all of them are like deplorable in some right. way. Like yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, you so, kind of. I guess I rooted for the the family that was working for. The, I mean, so this is important that this movie not be spoiled for whoever's listening. So I don't think we have too much yet, but definitely, I don't know. Skip ahead. I'll put a, something in the editing 
that says at what point you can skip ahead to. So twenty-seven eighteen, and uh, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, the um, um, so this is now we won't even have to explain it for this for everyone who's already seen it. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think I did. I rooted for the family, you know, like to just do well. But yeah, it definitely becomes like blurred when they're. I don't. I guess I always still kind of rooted for. I don't know. It's like I sort of rooted for everyone and no one all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't. I I, I mean, because the victims are the rich family, right? Like they're mm-hmm. like they're the real victims of yeah, of yeah. all of it, and they're kind of naive, but then they just throw their money around and like and the smell thing that Ugh, that like, killed me. Yeah, that was uh, very tough for some reason. Cause it, yeah, I think it was because that was one of the things that was most obviously just like hurtful. It wasn't yep. like this is annoying or this is sort of petty bullshit, but it's like just oh, that was tough. That was the toughest. Yeah. But then it's like some of yeah. the stuff's funny. Like when she kicks that woman d- down the stairs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's hilarious! Yeah. The way that it was presented. So nonchalantly, yeah. but <laughs> and the and the husband that was down there like respect, yeah, like, like, like yeah, like, oh my god, fucking twisted. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like the sister was the like in my opinion was the most devious of all of yeah. them. Like yeah. she like, oh, she was she had no remorse. It felt like of like what she was doing. Yeah, I agree. But then like you rips your heart out in the flood scene when she's like sitting on the toilet and she's like covered in shit. Yeah. Like shit still spewing out of their toilet and she's smoking and just like, (laughs) oh, that I, I think that descent because you never get to see how actually far apart they live, you know, in the whole movie until they, until that rainstorm and they Mm -hmm. have to descend to their apartment. And you realize how much lower they actually are than the rest of those people. That there's a whole different ecosystem, basically, that that house exists in. And, uh, yeah, lots of symbolism. Lots of... The ending was just, like, so tragic. And, uh, yeah, how the house is a prison, basically. and. He did it for his family, like all that symbolism, like, you know, and like the son wants to get rich so he can buy the house to free the dad. Like he wants to pay off the dad's mortgage so that he's not trapped by that prison. We'll be in then we'll be in the backyard waiting for you, you know, like because you won't have to sweat anymore and sacrifice anymore. I'm trying to remember. uh, Do you think that was real? I'm trying to remember how it plays. out. So, I mean, it's in the movie. and. I think the dad was really down there. Yeah. And and the son has that fantasy because he's writing the letter back to his dad. Right. But then it cuts back to him in the apartment where none of that's happened. He's like, but first I have to go to like, I have to do this. Like, oh, yeah. 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 You okay. know what I mean? So like he yeah. didn't even in the movie that didn't even actually happen. But uh, it, it, that's how I took it is I took it as. This whole thing was like how he sacrificed for his family and the like he's trapped like any working class man would feel trapped at some point by all of the sacrifices they made for their family, you know, 
and how it, uh, and I think part of this too is also the cultural thing. Like, um, you know, the children have to come up and, and take care of their parents. That's like part of their responsibility for growing up, you know? And so the son has to come up behind him to like, take him, take care of that house so that it's not a prison anymore for the old man. Like that's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, it, it so fucking just intense and twisted. Yeah. 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 I I, I, I really liked it. it. Uh, Yeah. I wasn't, um, I don't know what I expected and I was purposely didn't know too much that the trailer really sets it up. Like it, it sets up that whole, like going to go teach English and, you know, try to. It, I don't think it gets as far. I think it gets as far as like bringing his sister on and all that. But then, then yeah. it really kind of it leads you to believe that something, some big twist happens, but it doesn't tell you obviously what that is. But uh, or even really hint at it all that clearly. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised at how Wait, much I was into it. Did you think it was that big of a twist? I was expecting a lot more. Like I was expecting. No. I, well, I don't know. Yeah. I. I, think I mean, I was just the on twist board, the so fact I... that there was a man living in the basement the entire time? Like, is that what the twist is? Or the twist, like... Yeah, maybe. Or the... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I actually thought it was going to be more... Um, I don't know if I thought it was going to be supernatural horror or what. But it was presented... Gory. A, like, a, yeah. like, I thought, like, an exploitation film, right? Like, they... And it kind of is, but it's a like little they, bit more yeah. heavy than some and formal... I don't know. I I thought they were going to like butcher the rich family and like take over their life. Like when she was asking for like we need to like copy of your deed and like all the like I and she had no remorse about anything that they were doing. I was like, right. "Oh, yeah. she's like slowly like stealing their identity and then like the twist is going to be when they murder all of them so they can like take over their life." And that's really what the cycle is is like this family just keeps the house, the the like symbolism of the house is what keeps perpetuating this thing because they felt like they were setting that up because the house was designed by somebody else and then like the new family came in and mm-hmm. bought it and the like housekeeper stayed on between the two families. Yeah. I don't I don't it, it though when you watch it really I'm like, yeah, this is an Oscar winner. This is when you, it, it, it just looks like one and feels like one when you watch it. Like, yeah, but not best picture was pretty best cool. picture. I, I was surprised yeah. by that for sure. I, I mean, once, especially once he won for, was it, I think the director won who I did find the name and I did say it wrong. It is, uh, Bong Joon-ho is, I, oh, yeah. I may be saying it wrong, but that's at least the correct like letters. <laughs> but I think he won for best, uh, foreign film, I, I believe. And then he and I thought that was going to be the out exactly. I yeah, thought, I thought that was it. Yeah, you know. Um, so I was surprised that it won best picture. I I also um I couldn't tell you the last time I felt this way, but I really enjoyed the Oscars this year. I don't know if you did you watch it. So we had a pinball party. Uh, Ash had some friends over from work, That's and we just cool. kind of like bounced between playing pinball and and watching the Oscars. But what I did watch were very enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. I it was uh we watched the uh, the bride and I usually like kind of buzz those types of sh- shows like fast forward through them and stuff. I mean we have at times like dressed up 
for them like at home <laughs> uh you know like as though we were going to a fancy event uh we haven't done that in quite a while but like the golden globes were just terrible like it was like who wrote yeah. any of this like it was noticeably just bad for and for me but the yeah i was just so delighted by most of like the um the little sketches they did because they didn't have a formal host but like the yeah, pairings I of think, people that I they think had. that's the way to go yeah it was like, really fun uh and then i was i was pretty pleased about all of the awards this is going to sound crazy to say especially on this show but like I'm glad he got, I'm glad he has an Oscar. And I really liked seeing him at the podium every, and for the Golden Globes, the Actors Awards, all that stuff. But like, I don't feel like Brad Pitt's best work was as, was uh, Cliff Booth, is that the name or what? Like the Once Upon a Time oh, yeah. in Hollywood. I, yeah. It's not like he was bad, but I'm like, this is what you give it, give him for? <laughs> it was weird. I, I don't know. Um, I, I the, that's part of the reason why I dislike part of my issue with the Oscars is I feel sometimes they retroactively give Oscars. They're like, Oh, well, like this guy's work, like Leonardo DiCaprio for like basketball diaries. Let's start there. Yeah. What's he being eating Gilbert grape. If we want to go earlier, True. right? Like yeah. then the departed, like in any of those films, he could have, he should have won an Oscar for and, and didn't. And, Brad Pitt, same thing. Fight Club, fucking goddamn. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I I think then the Academy just gives Oscars for because they're like, ah, oh, we should have. We missed our mark. Yeah, I wonder you know? what it is. Like, like what, the critical mass for the these, uh, or like, Den, I, I don't know why this is the one that made me think of it, but like when Denzel Washington won for Training Day. So like, and that was a little bit of a showy role, but like, uh, yeah, I, right. I don't know. It's weird the way that those kind of things seem to to happen. And so, I loved him in Aviator, though he nailed Aviator. That was Aviator. Was that the, is that the one well, or Flight? Oh, the one where he's the pilot, the I, alcoholic. Pilot. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I think Aviator's a oh, DiCaprio oh. role. Oh yeah, which yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that one either. One of the I don't remember which award show it was, but it <laughs> said. Well, he said nice things to Leonardo DiCaprio a couple of times. I think maybe the Oscar is he said like, I'll ride your coattails anytime brother or something. Yeah. yeah. But there was one too, where he's like, said to him, he's like, could have made room on the raft or something like that. Or, or, yeah. or shouldn't have, I don't know. It's some sort of Titanic joke. It was hilarious. I don't know. So I'll take it like to, for him to get awards. But I, I think other than that, yeah. I was ultimately pretty pleased about who won things. I was all just, I don't know what was, I don't know if I had like a little, wine buzz on or what but i was talking a lot to the bride a lot to say about who won what and uh, i was bitching about something i don't know if it was the original screenplay or what i i, I was all shitty about like it should have cut to quentin tarantino being like nodding his head like yeah because i think maybe parasite won for screenplay like, am i wrong about that yeah yeah so he I they so. yeah and so well adapted screenplay because it's based on a Oh, okay. I can't remember, but I think it beat Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for something. So I, I wanted. I was like, it should cut to Quentin Tarantino like nodding his head, like, yeah, of course, that's what should win because it was amazing. But I was like, but he's probably all like shitty about this. I was like, this whole narrative going. I don't know really exactly where it was coming from. 
Um, and then the guy I got up and was talking, he's like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino has always championed my work and all this stuff. Something really nice. <laughs> I was like, I was like, duh. Okay, obviously I was wrong I here. It's fucking cynical. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate when shit. So it's like a catch-22 because you're like, yeah, I fucking hate being right all the time. See, I told you it was just <laughs> shitty when it is, you know? And then when it's not, it's like, ah, oh, no, I'm just shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was happy I to be it. wrong, but it was pretty funny the way that works. So yeah, I was just—I don't know—I was delighted throughout the evening by who won things and how just the ceremony went. It was my memory of it, which is, I couldn't tell you the last time that was the case. This uh, whole crew of, of people, like, because they brought everybody right yeah. from South Korea over yeah. with them. Uh, I did just think it was absolutely adorable how starstruck they were with everybody. You know, uh, that was that was pretty awesome. But yeah, I agree. Like it was a very entertaining Oscar ceremony for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like. Did it. you see uh Jojo Rabbit? I did not see Jojo Rabbit. Like that was the other thing that I did comment on. Like I just did not make time for any of them. Really, like we only saw Parasite uh, just on a a, a whim, uh, and we didn't even see that in the theater. We got that on a disc. So, uh, didn't see Jojo Rabbit. I didn't even see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, when that was out. So we were going to see Knives Out this past weekend and then that didn't work out, but then that pretty much got snubbed. Uh, that's a, I would definitely recommend seeing that movie if if you think you want to. It's a lot of fun, but I don't, I I don't know that I feel it got snubbed. <laughs> I feel like it's a very oh, really? fun movie, very like well done, like a kind of a throwback to a like a who really fun who done it. I I don't know, but I I'm not like ooh that should have won this or that. Um, but definitely right. see it. I think it's super fun. Jojo Rabbit. We just we had, we had a little trouble like finding convenient screenings to go to that. And oddly enough, I don't know for I guess maybe there's more popular movies or something, but we saw most of the best picture nominees this year. Oh, uh, maybe now it's everything but 1917. I don't know. That's pretty unusual for us too. Um, yeah. But once we realized that, oh, and Little Women, I and, and I would like to see that actually. I like a lot of those people, except for Timothy. Is it Chalamet? Oh, that kid. Yeah, yeah. Infuriates me. But, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that young man. Oh no, uh, that's I'm not. That's not going to be an opening clip. <laughs> that is going to be an opening <laughs> clip. What do you want to do with that young man? <laughs> Oh my goodness! What is I? Um. Oh, but so we hadn't seen. We were having trouble, like, and and then uh, we were able to see it like ten thirty in the morning at this theater that opened up like rather close to us, and um, I we both thought we'd really like it, but we both really loved it, and we're it's super funny, but it's also like it creeps up on you emotional to where, um. I won't give away how it ends, but it was especially when you, I would, when you finally see it and you're like, I, I don't know if it'll hit you the same way, but the way that it ended, like made me, I was like crying, but like halfway through the credits, I'm still sitting there. I'd finally compose myself. And then I just started thinking about what happened a few minutes ago and I got all crazy crying again. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, wow. and uh, the credits came up and the bride just turned to me. She goes, that is easily my favorite film of all time. 
<laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And wow. And that's got like Hitler as a like yes. imaginary best friend. That's crazy. It's so fun. It is so fun and touching. I mean, I and it feels to me like I've I had thought that um that Taika with T D had like tons of movies directed that I hadn't seen. Um because so far I've only seen his boy was the well actually i probably saw thor first but i didn't necessarily know yeah um the ragnarok movie but <clears throat> and then we saw boy kind of on a whim which i i really loved and uh and then i was like i'll see anything this guy does and i think the when pumps was on he was talking about this one the eagle and the shark something like that there's there's one really yeah. well-known one that i hadn't uh seen that maybe what we do in the shadows like and then I, I saw that last you... year and i was of course loved that and um yeah there is so there's that one eagle and shark and one other one really are the only like feature length ones now i guess enter the seen. wild or the the wild people yes or whatever. yes 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 but that's got like sam neil i think oh or... really okay yeah yeah i thought i had more of them to look forward to but those two will do i mean but yeah his sensibility it, this feels so much like him like because he's usually in yeah. these movies in some capacity and so his voice and the sort of new zealand accent and all of that uh and just the general comedic timing are so it's just like you could see a few minutes of it of a movie that he's made that he's not in and just hear it like you'll just know like a early tarantino movies or something you knew who wrote that anyway right. i i am just uh so delighted by I need to see it. Yeah, it's so fun. So fun. We watched... Uh... <clears throat> Wait, what, what's, what have you been up to for this past month? Let's do... Before we go on to the next thing that we watched. Oh, we can keep talking. But, well, I mean, I haven't... Um, I mean, I, I have been uh, ma- making time to make stuff more uh, intentionally or like... I'll get up most morning. If I work from home, I can get up at seven and like work a couple hours on my own stuff before going to starting my job job. And then on the days where I go uh, into the cities, I'll get up at six. And so I've got a lot of like going to bed early, getting up early to, to work on stuff. And that's felt good. Um, Right now I've been, uh, I'm trying to like focus on one thing at a time as best I can to like, just make sure I finish. (laughs) Like all these things take a long time to finish, but, so I've been spending a lot of time um, populating the dreamingoutloudrecords.com, which is um, the repository of like my own musical releases as well as uh, basically the friends, friends and family. Um, but there's now 38 <laughs> releases on that page. That's awesome. And it's, um, you know, I'm very library oriented. So to go there and like see that. Um, and then there's, they offer a video function. So I was starting to make more use of that. So there's like a video tab and, um, so it's, sometimes it's just straightforward music videos, but, um, I was starting to make use of some of the documentaries that I'd made, like the Steve documentary. So, oh, I did make a little, so there's everything there. I wrote this out so as to not drone on too much. There's everything there from like rap to country and alt and retro rock singer songwriter and, and all of the offerings of the acoustic folk didgeridoo experiment known to the faithful as Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So That's awesome. Yeah, so for like the Steve stuff, it'll be like clips from the documentary I made. So it's I don't know. I I uh I it may, gr- brings me a lot of joy to like see those things there and I've spent a lot of time creating um 
like PDF booklets and stuff. So there was this one thing that was kind of a outtakes, I guess. It's 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 a collection of like recordings, like live recordings or rehearsals or like unfinished recordings from the the Steve band that I was in with like uh well I guess that have been on the show it's really only crams but a lot of other cabin kids um but anyway so i i made this uh i never gonna be on next week that's right yes yeah (laughs) and logan's on the cover next month next month (laughs) next month yeah uh called the unfinished rhythms and the one like proper album we made was called in the event of rhythm which was logan's title and he's also the drummer so it made sense um but uh i ended up putting together like a 48 page pdf um Wow. That I just kind of put up last night. And I'm trying to approach them all because I was like really being thinking that like when things would go up there, it would be like a real special edition type stuff with all of these extras and extra care. And that kept me from putting things there. I noticed like I just sort of put it off. And now, right now, there's only a couple of releases, really, two or three that would be of, the, of a prohibitive nature where it would take too long to dedicate the time to doing those now. But the rest yeah. of them, it was like, I could, if I just did this out of the other, that I could probably do in a week for this release or that, I could kind of make this happen and, and get, get some satisfaction there. So, so I've been doing a lot, a lot of that. And I, I've just probably reached to where I'm going to soon switch gears um, to a, a, a different project. And right now I'm in Missoula, Montana, where I'm uh, attending the Big Sky documentary film festival and doc shop which is like a uh it's kind of like a conference for documentary type thing but not exactly um my work pays for me to go for certain types of filmmaking training every year and this year i really wanted to do something documentary focused that where i also didn't have to make something because a lot of times like it's a workshop thing and you'll create something it's like i make movies and podcasts or whatever albums like morning noon and night I don't want to make anything more in a, in like a concentrated period of time. That just sounds terrible to me. <laughs> so, so I found this, this, this doc shop thing and it's like, it's like panels each all day, every day, and then movie screenings at night. And I really just found it, booked it, hadn't thought too much about it. And really I'm pretty unfamiliar with the documentary war like landscape uh i i had one movie in a documentary film festival in like 2002 in new york and i got a taste of what that entails and like the reasons to do that or not to do that and um just hadn't had anything i felt appropriate to get into that circus for but i've had a a couple of things like brewing and some of them just come about in the last few months and like i i want to be a part of that i think for some of these projects and so i wanted to kind of come out to one and see what that means now what that ecosystem is like now and uh and so i am getting a good taste of that it's been tons of great information but there's also like some pretty notable people here so like american factory won the oscar for best documentary i didn't see it i wasn't aware of it but uh those filmmakers i registered them from the podium i was like oh cool and as it turns out, I, I leave tomorrow. I've been here for about four days now. And uh, the one session that I will have to miss that's at the end of the week of sessions is that pair. Like the fucking oh, Oscar winners are going to be here for a masterclass. I'm going to have to miss that to make my flight. But like today I sat next to, ah. and it's very small. Like and I sat next to this guy. Um, oh, I have the wrong notebook. 
Gordon something or other, but he's like the executive producer of Life Itself, like that Roger Ebert documentary. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. So I was like, I was. It's very kind of small and quaint, and and there's fucking mountains here. <laughs> yeah. I came in like super late on I think it was Sunday night, and I uh, I'm at this Holiday Inn and. You know, it seemed nice and all that, but uh, I woke up in the morning and it was like had snowed beautifully. Really, this really light, fluffy snow, and the downtown is like kind of quaint and cute, kind of like Worcester-ish, yeah. Kent kind of small but quaint. And uh, it is, it is a college town ultimately. And and I knew I'd heard of it, and I I kept looking, looking. Why do I know Missoula, Montana? And it's I knew because it was where it's where David Lynch was born, and I just happened oh. to know <laughs> that weird bit of trivia. Uh, because I thought maybe it was like where Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam is from, but no, it's a different Montana or a different city in Montana. But anyway, so I leave the hotel, like beelining to get the pass or credentials I think I need for the week. And at the first uh crosswalk or whatever, I look over my shoulder, and I was truly gobsmacked. Like there's snow-covered fucking mountains surrounding me. It was just breathtaking. And yeah. Uh, I tweeted a uh, picture, so at David Allman on Twitter, you could see, um, there, I walked across this one bridge. It's kind of cool. They have all these like locks, bike locks. Uh, it's kind of like an art type thing. But anyway, I've been just loving being here, loving uh, um, think, getting to think about my own documentary projects and how they might fit into these kind of environments, see other people's work and after they've talked about it and stuff. It's, it's been pretty overwhelming, but really, really fun. Um, I, awesome. I made time to watch this one documentary that I don't, I'm trying to remember if we talked about it or not. It's actually, I tried to watch something else and the service wasn't working. Like I, I actually have a subscription to the Criterion channel or the app right now. And so I've been trying to watch stuff on that and, uh, this, it wasn't working. So I was like, well, maybe Netflix works. And it's one of those things they must, whatever Netflix, whoever they're in bed with, like, their shit works where some other streaming services might not in certain places uh, but there's this thing so you know i, I haven't enough i don't really do a lot with that service but i i used to add i mean i watch stuff with the bride or whatever but i don't add things to my own list or account very often right, so right. most of what i had added there is long since like been taken off so the list is really short but on it still was this movie called raiders the making of the greatest fan film of all time have you ever heard of this oh yeah have you ever yeah. seen that yeah I, I ended up watching that. It was bananas great. <laughs> and it's these kids in, in the 80s that took like seven years plus to film a shot-for-shot shot remake of uh, Raiders of the Lost Raiders Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. And uh, so I watched that the other night. And, and they're since grown up now, right? Yeah, like, and they, the, they yeah. reunite to film the one scene that they didn't do as kids, which was like the, the end and uh, where there's like explosions and a plane and all this. and. Yeah, and it kind of cuts back and forth between them as adults reuniting to do this, and then the kind of story of them as as kids. And yeah, listeners to our podcast <laughs> beyond this first episode will likely know that I I did something similar, except for uh, my fr- friend Jacko and I did our best to do a panel for panel comp- re- uh, remake. I guess it's remake, but we tried to refilm the Crow, the comic book, the Crow from the comic book. But we were not as as diehard diligent about copying the you know, like their the indiana jones thing. the framing yeah they yeah. they copied the framing and stuff like specifically but what's interesting with their project is that the, you know we took like four years they took i think seven 
and like you they you watch them grow from like 10 year olds to 18 year olds like and it's not in sequence that they film so it's like and right. now, and then it's them as like 30 40 year olds and stuff anyway it was i can't believe it took me as long as it did to watch it but so that's kind of i don't know that's one of the some of what i've been up to <laughs> 25 minutes later <laughs> so you were gonna you were gonna before you gave me a chance to take that route are, oh, no, are you, no, uh, no. Do you have anything fun to drink? I just realized. Um, uh, I haven't done that. We don't have to. Shit. But do you have something? I can go down and get something if you have something. You don't have to, uh, but I do have a little, um, uh, like a growler of wine or half a growler of wine that I got nearby. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna get beer, but th- they were all like twelve percent, and so I was like, I, if I get a growler, even the smallest of that, it's gonna, I'm gonna end yeah. up in trouble. So, <laughs> so I. <laughs> Um, I have pretty much, I, I, I've been drinking a soda. This is, but I have pretty much switched to, uh, seltzer water. Oh, really? Seltzer that's water. my, we yeah, can drink yeah, that. Yeah. That's what I have. That's all I have to crack. I, that's generally <clears throat> what I do is I pound LaCroix most days. I, I don't have anything up here. I didn't bring anything up with me. I was ill prepared. Well, just skip. And we're eating up, we'll we're eating up all here. the bandwidth right now. So this isn't going to upload in time, but let me go down. Let me run down and I'll just grab something to drink real quick. Oh, okay. It'll just take me a second. Yeah. Uh, only if you want to, I'll otherwise I'll just cut that out. No, no, no. Let me go get something. Okay. Jesus. We've done this just about every show. Hang on. It's, it's all right. But yeah, go ahead. We met a pair of young movie makers who are filming their own version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Their summer project is the subject of tonight's page 13. It's become a cult favorite. They used real snakes, did their own stunts, and nearly burnt down their mom's house. I don't know how to explain this, but it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, remade shot for shot by 11-year-old kids in 1982. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Just the idea that these two guys were able to make this movie over a period of seven years, to me, is absolutely mind-boggling. They were in college by the time it was finished. Who's got that much time and energy? The fact that they didn't burn down the house is a miracle. Seems like a good example of bad parenting. You're not just watching Raiders, you're rooting for the kids to succeed. It's the best feeling I ever had in my life. We kind of missed out on our childhood. But the whole time we realized we were filming our childhood. Once that became part of their lives, it's almost as if they've never been able to shake it, even up until now. Let's see here. I'll go with... Let's go with the Neapolitan. All right. All right. And you got wine, right? I got wine, but I'm going to crack a yeah, crack LaCroix because LaCroix, it'll make noise and I'll yeah. switch back and forth so as not to be like hammered. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. On. Are you ready? On I'm three. Ready. And three. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeasty. <laughs> oh, another thing I watched that I don't have to get into much, but but it has to do with my glassware here. Uh, we watched The Irishman, uh, finally, which I really enjoyed. And in that, uh, there's a lot of scenes at an Italian restaurant where they're drinking wine out of like these kind of taller, skinny glasses that yeah. I was just like, I we watched it in like three sittings. And so I think between the second, first and second, I, I was scoured the internet. I'm trying to find these glasses. 
and I found something, but it wasn't quite right. They were too short and, and stubby. And, and then last night, um, when I got this little growler of wine at the, the dram shop here in uh, Missoula, they, I didn't want to, I was like, do you sell glasses? Because all of their like in-house glasses were, had the name on it. And they're like, oh yeah. And it's the perfect like Irishman size. Yeah. I guess it's a wine glass of sorts. So I forget what the, that. what that glass is called, but yeah. I I love tumblers, like whiskey glasses or scotch glasses. I can't turn this. It's like a jar. Ah, there we go. Where's the bride when you need her? I know. Okay. So, poured my adult beverage. All right. Cheers, you and anyone listening, drinking whatever you're... Yeah. Drinking whenever you're drinking. Your beverage it. of choice. Yeah. Here's Long Walker. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. All right. So you awesome. were saying you you saw it's like, oh, I saw this other thing. What were you gonna say? We, well, speaking of documentaries on Netflix, so we watched this true crime documentary called Don't Fuck with Cats. I've heard a little bit about this. Holy shit. Like I have since like after we finished it, like cause we it's it's a limited series. I think there's four episodes, and they're all like an hour long. And we did it over the course of a weekend. We watched all of it. Uh, they do kind of not focus on the guy's victim, which is arguably not good. Uh, I, I get it. That, oh, is it one, one of those the, things that, where it's kind of glorifying the killer? Yeah, the idea, a little bit. And, yeah, and the and his victim is kind of just like a set piece to keep his story going, and that's like one of the criticisms. And I, I think it's totally valid, but it is engrossing nonetheless. Uh, like in this group of like internet Facebook users track this guy down and like basically well he also gave a lot of information to them himself because he wanted them to catch on to who he was and oh but it was i mean he was fucking twisted super twisted super um he was obsessed with becoming famous and being famous for like killing somebody. That's what oh, he wanted. Gross. I guess that's probably common yeah. for some so, of these people. <laughs> um and it started where he the what kicked it all off was he posted a video that blew up of him uh murdering two kittens, basically. Oh. Oh. And uh, posting it to the internet and then this group starts because they get so pissed about it and tries to track him down and a, a lot of stuff happens and ultimately he ends up releasing like more of these cat videos and then releases a video of him killing somebody and whoa what platform yeah. is he putting this stuff on um, like online, so the kitten video, the first one was just on YouTube. 
Like it Whoa. just was on YouTube and fucked up. And then like the murder one was, I, I forget what site they show all the sites and actually show like pieces of some of these videos. Um, uh. and which is super, it, it's really like gut wrenching some of the stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It really is questionable, like what's entertainment and like, but it really like this, the angle of the story that is really appealing to watch is this, this idea that these inner, this group of internet strangers had, when he finally committed his murder, they had all the information and nobody wanted to listen to them. Like, this is the person you're looking for. This is what his name is. These are, these are the last like few times we knew where he was. Um, it's kind of creepy how they like to make you think like anybody could do this. They are able, they were able to take some photos that they had of him and basically zero down using Google street view, the apartment building, this guy like took these photos in and everything. It's like, Man, that's fucking crazy. And so if you look at it from that angle too, it's super interesting just to see like what you can do with the internet if you want to. Yeah, you, you can know? become like a private detective, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh I don't know. I don't know. It it, it uh it was interesting for sure. So I wonder the Brian has been watching a lot she likes a lot of true crime stuff and has been just plowing through like series and uh, I wonder if she shied away from that one because of the uh, killing of animals part. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I it was almost too hard for me to watch. Like even like the even with them, but sometimes they let the audio keep going, but they don't show you what's you know. So you hear a little bit more, and then it'll cut back when you're least expecting it to. Like there's one point where he, uh, I don't even want to say it. It's so gruesome, but he like. He basically puts these kittens in a in a vacuum bag, like that you the kind of bags that you attach a vacuum to to like suck all the air out of the bag. Oh yeah. And oh whoa. <laughs> yeah, and so then he does that, and then when he's done, he like pulls them out of the bag when they're and like plays with them like they're action figures almost. Like whoa, oh my god. And does like this awful stuff and. And you don't see all that, but at one point, like they have one of the women, this woman who was a member of that Facebook group, like they have her describe what's going on in the video. And she like breaks. She's like, I've never even watched this fucking thing all the way through. Like, and she breaks down halfway through and yeah, it's, it's a little gruesome. Like that stuff is a little gruesome for sure. Do they call it? Don't fuck with cats. To sort of say like because of this fucked up video, these people came after this guy, or that whole adage of like serial killers start by doing things of that sort before oh, they graduate to people. No, she, in the sense that um, internet, you know, the she the this woman also sets up the whole premise of that title early on, where she's like, you know, there's this unwritten rule of the internet that rule number zero is don't fuck with cats. Oh, okay. Because they like you know that's a big uh, meme part. A big part of meme culture is cats. Like they, 
a lot of memes about cats, a lot of like funny videos about cats. And I think that's what she's alluding to. So yeah, rule zero of the internet is don't fuck with cats. Okay. <laughs> so, huh? Yeah. But from a true crime thing, like it's a fascinating story. And what ultimately brought him down was he was so vain and like, so wrapped up in his own story. He like, he made a clean getaway with everything and went to an internet cafe because he wanted to look up what the current news was about him. <laughs> yeah. And like the guy who ran the internet cafe recognized him. Oh, so, what year was this? There's still internet cafes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, um, the early, like 2013, 15, maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe it was like a retro thing. So this thing was Berlin, already. you know. <laughs> oh. well, so that, I mean, so that is still a big thing in like a lot of parts of Asia and in Europe still. So, because hmm. vagabond kids, right? Like in the Europe thing, it makes sense because there's a lot of kids that like, are backpacking and stuff still that they that's still oh, a thing yeah, that people yeah. do, you know. So uh those kids need a place to be able to use the internet, I guess, and get on a real computer sometimes. Oh, yeah. So. That's just the kind of thing. And so this t- this whole thing takes place in Berlin? Like this guy is Oh no, it takes like the one woman is from Nevada, the other guy is like they're all over the US and his crimes he committed were in Canada, so hmm, okay, like Montreal and Toronto. So, huh. well, I can't say I'm going to rush out, but I am. I'm intrigued, so I'm, I'm glad to hear about it vicariously. I guess that's probably the best yeah. means for me. <laughs> we just stumbled upon it. We started that and uh, Key House, the show called Key House. Oh yeah, I think the the bride is watching that one. She says it's kind. Of, it's like sort of a horror thing. Am I thinking the right thing? Yeah, uh, it's like fantasy. Fan- yeah, fantasy. Just, you know, they move into this house and there's all these different keys. And the keys do different things. Like, the one, like, lets them open a mirror and that's like a prison. People get lost inside the mirror. And one, like, opens the back of his head and lets him go inside his own imagination. And, uh, yeah, all this weird stuff. So that's pretty interesting so far. We're only a couple episodes of that in. It'll be like anything else. We'll start it. Oh, like we haven't even finished uh, Castle Rock season two yet. Oh yeah, uh, you know. we could pivot. Um, I was trying to think. There's a couple of things I could watch. One series, but the other is would would be my King Corner. If you want to jump into a quick King Corner, yeah, we can do a King Corner for sure. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. So the bride suggested that we watch The Outsider, um, which I haven't read the book uh, yet, but I don't know. When yeah. she said it, I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> so it's I believe it's an HBO show. We have a yeah. HBO 
like put it onto our Amazon or something like that. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I just found it like infinitely engrossing. I think there were like six or seven episodes out at the time when we started, yeah. and um, we watched like one not every day but like kind of most days where we were just into it and i was just she's like what do you want to watch and usually i don't have a usually that's sort of her department she'll give me a couple things to choose from and i'm like ah this i have weird rules about like that's not a weeknight show that's a weekend show (laughs) (laughs) i don't know very odd that way but uh this was like an everyday show (laughs) and for me i was just like i just wanted to keep watching it i was um i am very uh engaged with it and don't even mind, I guess, that I haven't... I sort of look forward to reading yeah. the book now to kind of re-engage with that world or re-experience it from a different perspective, even even though it's like a, you know, an unpleasant story. You've read that one, right? Yeah. 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 So... Um, What's the... Like the man is accused of committing a crime that was impossible for him to commit, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's irrefutable evidence both ways yes yeah that exactly. he committed the crime and that he did not there was it was absolutely impossible for him to have committed the crime yeah yeah and the that's the the, uh, the what starts it and then it's the events that unfold as a result of those two contradictions existing so yeah and where as far as the uh they have the I think her name is Holly something. She's this kind of Holly Gibney. Holly yeah, Gibney, yeah, really cool character. She she's from the Mister Mercedes trilogy. Like, oh, that's, cool! So like she's in all three of the Mister Mercedes books, and then now she's in the Outsider. And I think there's been hints that she's going to be in his next novel. I think so. She's going to be like this character that keeps popping up in the you know in these adventures so nice nice i don't know how much of a role she plays in the show because i haven't watched the show but in the book she doesn't come into the book until like the third act it's like yeah. real late in the book it's uh it's probably well i don't know how long the series is going to be but i mean if there's like six episodes i've seen she probably doesn't come in to the very earliest would be the third episode maybe the fourth or something. So yeah, th- it takes a minute for her to show up as well. Right. But she's like, yeah, I really like all the characters. Uh, well, everyone in it is, it's like, it's really well done. Ben Mendelsohn is the, is the detective, the main detective. Um, yeah. Jason Bateman is the, is the guy who was, a, is accused of, you know, doing the crime and being somewhere else. And he, he kind of, I think it's something, a show he's heading up. Um, I only saw the first episode of Ozarks, but I think it's kind of a similar situation. And he directed me gotcha. the first couple. Um, yeah, it's just a I don't know. It's like a it's like a mystery kind of, but a supernatural mystery. It's you know you can taste the yep. Stephen King on it, but it's also not quite. Um, I mean, I the the Stephen King that I've been most engaged with recently. Uh, and I haven't read a book since finishing Christine, but uh, is is that kind of like early mid eighties. Um, so, so I'm sure there's, you know, so you know, maybe more of this kind of mystery stuff that comes in after, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've really, really been enjoying that. And, um, and I guess, yeah, previous was the Castle Rock season two, which, uh, that one's, uh, there's a, some slog there. I, I'm, I'll be, I definitely am curious to, to hear how it, how it hits you. Like once you've seen the rest of it and, and it would, I would definitely say that it picks up in like the intrigue 
And well, I don't want to give much away, but uh Well, um I really enjoyed that book a lot. The Outsider? I yeah, and uh just like the supernatural stuff really doesn't kick in. There's allusions to some things that are and you obviously when you see the circumstances, how they have this irrefutable evidence both ways. Like, you know that there's some supernatural thing at play. Yeah, yeah. But it really doesn't get explained and come to the forefront until Holly Gibney comes on the scene. And so it's so much later in the book, like when it's happening, that up to that point, it feels like this true crime novel where you're just like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, what, you know, like, and you get wrapped up in all the characters and both sides, like the way, uh, I don't know if they do this in the show, but in the book, the way that he's arrested, the way that the man is arrested plays really huge. Like it's like his arrest is they showboat, like they make sure they arrest him in yeah, front of yeah, uh, like the whole town. So he's essentially guilty before they even like take him in for questioning, you know? Yeah. And um Yeah. So I uh I I don't know. I really liked I really like all that part. And then when the supernatural stuff started happening, I it felt weird. I it didn't it like mismatched. So I might like this movie a little more if if it weaves it all together from the beginning. You know, There's a like little a bit, bit of a foreshadowing with the supernatural, just kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if it gives things. I mean, I don't think it gives anything away. Basically, they show kind of a hooded, shadowy figure in broad daylight at like the, yeah, the uh, I guess it'd be the scene where the Terry Maitland is that the the yeah. character who's accused is like being marched into the courthouse or something like that. And yeah, people and that's are where he's just at. Yeah, he's he's shot. Yeah. Um, the there is like a shadowy figure in the in the crowd watching, and you get a sense yeah. like something is off about this person. So it, it's really well done. Like the, the and part and the end of each episode, you're always like, oh, what, what happens yeah. next? Yeah, it's really well that. segmented that way, and it's one of those things that comes out weekly. So we watched up to what was available. So like, I don't know what day it comes out on. Um, things are, are Sundays, about to. Sundays, I think that's oh, Sundays. Oh gosh, yeah. Things are about to pick pick up for uh, the bride and I to, for some of like our ritual uh, watch show watching. Uh, we Sunday night is like typical. Usually it's an AMC related show. So Walking Dead's coming back, and we still watch that. And also Better Call Saul, it's coming back. Yeah, but now that, that's going to be on Sundays. <laughs> so. But this is that's last season, right? Like that I show, think, I think is. is I think they might have extended it to one more beyond this one now. Oh, possibly. okay. Wow. Um, we should have asked our best friend Vince Gilligan when we talked to him on the streets of New York, but uh, we didn't get around <laughs> to it because then somebody else came up like, "Oh, uncool." Well, we were super cool. This guy was like, "Big fan since 2008. Big fan since 2008. Big fan since 2002." We were like, "Okay, we'll see you later, Vince. <laughs> Good luck with that." <laughs> Is it going to be more Better Call Saul? <laughs> oh, uh, that's hilarious. That show is spectacular. Um, but anyway, so those we'll be trying to keep up with those. Our Sunday night ritual has been uh, The Watchmen, which has been oh. awesome. Really great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd I heard that. that. I, I saw the movie, and that's, you know, notoriously like one of the best 
regarded graphic novels like in history. Yeah. And I've seen, I I haven't I have most of my college comic knowledge has to do with the crow. Um but then I've read like certain seminal graphic novels usually in the Batman realm. Um and I just haven't got around to Watchmen, but the and I saw the movie and I was like it just didn't make much of an impact on, on me. But and maybe you've heard this, but the the TV show is not a retelling of that story. It's actually like a sequel to the whole thing. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like a new story, and uh, oh man, I did not know that. That's I I knew it. I thought it was like kind of a rebooting of that. I mean, maybe uh, in a way, but not in a in the way that it retells that. Uh, yeah, it um, it, and it's so uh, Damon Lindelof is like the main guy, and you know, for half the team creative team behind the you know the the sustaining team behind lost and uh it's uh oh man it's so well done it contains like a bottle episode of the origin of a superhero i guess we'll say that is maybe the one of the better if not like the best most satisfying superhero origin i've ever seen i don't want to give it away yeah but i was it was uh, just the 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 conceit of it and the execution, the execution of the whole show is like really top notch. And the cast is incredible. Regina King plays one of the main characters who I, I love. Um, I love Jerry Maguire, <laughs> the movie, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> one of my favorite things about, I love everything about that movie, honestly, but like, I love the, but I love Cuba Gooding Jr.'s anyway, and his character in that movie. But one of my favorite things in that movie is this scene where Regina King as Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character's wife, who's like this pro football player, you know, she tells like he's negotiating his contract and she just goes, no baby, like you're going to reject that shitty contract. And she goes, you are a strong, proud, splendid black man. <laughs> and I'm always telling the, it is this amazing moment where she just like centers him. She's so, she's always like amazing, but I've, I've like deeply loved her ever since then. And I'm always like telling the prize, like, why can't you say that to me? <laughs> Or even just that sentiment. She always likes to say because I'm not any of those things. But <laughs> she's like, it's like you know what I mean. Like the sentiment behind it. She maybe has once or twice. Just in um, <laughs> but just anyway. But uh, so I love Regina King. Uh, but she, uh, she's so great in this as like one of these modern, sort of. I guess you could say superheroes. But like, oh, she's perfect. Everybody's kind of perfect it's it's a and then the music is by trent reznor and atticus ross oh which sometimes is not very showy but there's this one theme that's like so like very identifiably nine is nails yes that it yeah it's very very cool i mean so i guess i'm 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 recommending many things that you'll probably you know see over the next few years or never (laughs) but uh yeah Uh, i don't know i have been watching i guess a lot of stuff and and a lot of it's been really excellent, and that that's among them. Watchmen, awesome, yeah. Late to a lot of parties, but <laughs> um, I need to give that one. We tried to watch that, and just weren't in a good frame of mind. I think I need to give that one another try. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, but I would say of the things we talked about, if you've given that a shot and weren't like into it right away, it's yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, you probably would get into it, but it's not. I don't. I oh, remember no, I, liking I, it right I, away. Part of it is just time. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, a lot uh, of this stuff, I think most everything we've mentioned, I have watched with the bride. And when I for things that I don't see with her, that list is right. is very short. <laughs> I um have been just playing a lot of pinball. I'm back in the league. Oh again. yes. So how's that I been? Started the league. Uh, pretty good. Uh, she, I, I need to text her. Uh, the lady who runs it has not been. She knows that there's a small group of us that aren't on Facebook, so we don't get the link to our stats and our standings. Oh. And I even mentioned that to her. She's like, yeah, I just haven't got around to doing that. I'll do that this week. And she hasn't done it yet. But uh, she <laughs> um, was on, I, we were, I was grouped with her this past week, and she totally just, wiped this floor with me and the other guy that uh was grouped with us she just won every game was fantastic (laughs) every game and uh she's like i can't believe i'm played so well like you guys are good players i'm like i'm not that good of a player she's like the computer doesn't lie and (laughs) you are ranked higher than you think you're ranked and i'm like i well i would know because i don't see those (laughs) but <laughs> and she's like she's like touche i will send that out i was like but i was like i'm not that good of a player she's like trust me the computer doesn't lie so i guess i'm doing decent that's cool um so the machine that i got uh this will by the time people hear this the video will be available so i guess it it's really only a spoiler for you cuz it's only at 19% dark tower reference Nineteen percent uh, uploaded, but I got an. They released a Star Wars comic art themed pinball machine, and whoa, what does that mean? So comic it's, art. It's uh, based on the '80s Star Wars comics, like all the characters and and art package. Oh, so I didn't even realize there was such a thing, like with their yeah. own storylines and stuff back then. Uh no, like they're I I think they were like the based on the movie. Oh okay, like the, I did have one of those. Yeah. I had the Return of the Jedi one. I still do. Right? Yeah. So um, I can That's send you awesome. Yeah, let me send you this uh picture here. So this is a good one, and then I'll send you nope. this one here, so you can see the. It also has a topper, like an R2-D2 topper. Oh. That is motorized and interacts with you while you play. So, like, it looks like R2 is when he's in the back of the X-Wing. So, yeah. it's just his shoulders and his head. And he <laughs> ro- rotates around and... Let me send you that, too. So, those should be coming. So, you can at least see what it looks like. See what I'm talking about? The style of art. But uh, oh, nice! So, the video I shot is like with that starting in a box, like in a giant cardboard box, and then being in the collection. Oh, that R two thing is so cool! Yeah. Uh oh, it's so fantastic! Like, oh, and there's like a Death Star and Millennium Falcon in the play field. Yeah. Uh, and the Death Star, there's a a mode where you have to blow up the death star and when you do it cracks open and the the explosion is in there and it looks like it blows up uh it's really awesome 
the there's a big loop under the Death Star. Like you can, there's a steel loop that loops all the way around the machine. Yeah, I can see that. All, uh, when that is engaged, it's called the hyperspace uh, hurry up, mm-hmm. and you sh- hit that shot. Electromagnets will shoot the ball around the track that track. So oh. it like goes super fast around like you're like you went into hyperspace. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh there's a TIE fighter on there. If you blow up like fifty TIE fighters, you end up getting like TIE Fighter multi ball, which is really fun. There's a lot of it's really a f- it is the first game that I feel like playing it makes me a better player. Like it forces me to like improve my game because it's so fast and so hard and so brutal. Like it's really fucking brutal. But man, have I noticed how much my game has improved just in the little time that I've had it. It even helps you be a better player on other games? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Like helps with my reflexes, helps with my shots. Um, Helps with my nudging, definitely, like the amount that you're able to move the machine. Uh, and then, it and it's all based on the original trilogy. So there's no, like, you know, if there, if it was on there, Han would shoot first. Like, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, but there's all this great footage that on the LCD screen. Yeah, I was noticing there's a sizable. While, yeah, yeah, like while you are playing, there's footage from those movies that will play that for the scenes of the of the game and then uh it's the John Williams score so it's all John Williams oh, music nice. like the the whole time so there's like this one so the whole point of the game your objectives there's the death star tatooine hoth endor and death star tatooine hoth endor and is there one more planet Cloud City? Mm, maybe. Maybe that's it. No, because that's in the Hoth missions. Because each one has four missions. Each one of the planets have four missions. One, two, three, four. No, four Four sounds right. That's right. And so, and then each one has four missions. Three missions underneath it. And then the main multi-ball, if you, once you beat each one of those missions. And when I say that, like, they're all, there's objectives you have to do for each one of the missions. But it's all tied to the movie, and it all has to do with you, like, escaping the Empire and, and, and fighting for the Rebellion. It's really, like, it really feels like an experience when you're playing it. And it's one of the few machines that i get that experience with so that's great is it a new machine in general or is it uh just new to you so it came out in 2017 is when it first launched it's designed by steve ritchie who's like a legend in pinball design and it actually didn't was not very popular like a lot of people did not like it and uh just because it i think it's just because it's so hard like it's really really fucking hard and uh uh that's what she said (laughs) and and, uh but all of the so this comic art was new to last year like they just started producing those like midway through last year all the art packages before 
it was live stills like so it looked like photorealistic was on the side of the cabinet yeah yeah um and i really think that the this comic art should have that's what they should have launched with it look just looks so much better than the photorealistic stills do so art packages do but like the playfield is exactly the same. The art on the playfield between the two looks exactly the same, except one is like comic style and the other one is like photorealistic style. Oh, I see. You mean even like the same images of you know Han Luke? Yeah, and like like shit. like like the four heroes down at the bottom. And yeah, then, you can see that because you the objective is you go to you beat all those missions and you're going around and be, like completing tasks that actually happened in the movie. Like you have like. They have scenes from that that will come up like you have to save the princess. That's the first Death Star mission. And there's like four shots that you have to make. And once you make one, a timer will start for you to make the next one. And if you can keep making those four shots before the timer runs out, you get more points. But each time you make one of those shots, you get a little clip of the progress of Luke, Han, and Chewie moving towards rescuing the princess from the Death Star. Like when, you know, so, yeah. and then, uh, the middle, the second mission on that is where you have to, um, oh shit. What do you have to do on that one? I know the third one is like blow up the, the TIE fighters. Like you have to, there's a, you have to do a shot and then hit the TIE fighter and then do another shot and hit the TIE fighter. And then. That will get you to the point where you can play the last mission where you try to blow up the Death Star. There's like, ah, it's just the light show is fantastic. And then you couple that with like the John Williams score and the footage, the good footage from the original trilogy with that beautiful art package and like the shaker motor and all. And then the R2 topper. It's just all, it's fantastic. It's really awesome. Really a good, good machine. And, uh, Eventually, once it once it loads, there will be forty minutes of uh, unboxing. You discovering, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I don't think we talked about this. Did we talk about me ultimately posting that Bruce Springsteen unboxing like years after I shot it? Last no, time? you may have. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so, I one of the things that I I've been doing recently too was listening to the volume two of his. Uh, so the there's these beautiful like vinyl box sets that come out in 2014. And then I think maybe 17 or 18 since we've been doing the show of like Bruce Springsteen albums, you know, up to through born in the USA in 1984. And then the next volume came out of it's like tunnel of love through uh, Tom Jode and the greatest hits. And so um, I think I shot unboxings for both of those, but I never posted them or I, I waited too long. And you're like, you should just throw that up. People will like it, <laughs> you know, even though it's old and there's already. So I, was, I, I didn't, but uh, when I was doing my best of the year sort of music mix, um, I wanted to reference that because of some, some of the things that were new to me or that I liked were because I was using those box sets and all these other things to go through the, as guides through Mr. Springsteen's catalog. And, uh, so the day I finished, 
I put, I think I put them both together in one and just tossed it online. Like I, you know, and, and we're waiting for it now. Like you hit the upload button and it takes a while and all this. Yeah. Yeah. During yeah. that time, the Bruce Springsteen social media channels like launched, like coming to vinyl for the first time, like the next basically wave of his career. <laughs> they, they're not doing a box set, at least not that they've announced, but it was just so bizarre that the, uh, and so I remember posting like, to because i do post about that and various other things on uh instagram sometimes and uh i was like i thought when i readied this post that it would be completely irrelevant <laughs> like years old and i was just doing it for this other reason but it turns out to be kind of timely and uh um yeah so i, I don't know i haven't seen how many people have, have watched that but it is uh it's kind of funny the whole unboxing thing and it was a sort of serendipitous timing then for me uh with that that's uh, awesome. But yeah. <laughs> I I still like the we we still get comments popping up on your unboxing videos. So Yeah, it's kind of fun. And actually one of the early ones, maybe the ones that's been seen most is the Joshua Tree box set. And oh, I was nice. I had one of those yeah. little portable Crosley players and like somebody was like thumbs down for the Crosley. <laughs> Which normally I wouldn't we we just don't get much engagement. So I don't remember how yeah. I or if I engage that person or ask them or something. But I basically said, like, what um, is there, you know, I've been wanting to get a better player that I haven't had one for a few years. And what do you recommend? And like that somebody recommended something and I got that player. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and I really like it. And then I think somebody else recently on that older video said something similar. <laughs> and again, and this time I just replied like, Thank you. The situation has been remedied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did take some advice uh, about that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. But I'm excited. Uh, so I, I, I basically, for like the last couple of years, have been going through the Springsteen catalog uh, in that way. Well, I, I'd gone through the first wave of like Born in the USA uh, before. But uh, so I just got through like Tom Joad and... Um, the ghost of Tom Joad, which I think I'd buzzed through, but didn't really listen to. And so there's this great thing. Like I have this book that Springsteen published in 1998. That's just his song lyrics, pictures from the sort of era of the album. And then like these introductions to it. And, and a lot of that it's, it's long out of print, but a lot of that got rolled into his autobiography. And so like, I have this, I have this book of printed interviews, um, and this guy, you know, he he takes his work very seriously, and uh, <laughs> so he he gives great interviews about stuff. And I, I ping pong between those two things, like I do them by album and kind of go along. And then I've got the music video collection. I'll watch the music videos co correspond. And then I just got this new book. Anyway, so I have I've had a lot of fun. It's been kind of a study, but that's just the way I kind of consume things a lot of times. Um, but I just finished all of that for, and I like so I guess a lot of Ghost of Tom Joad was based. I mean the tom joad characters from grapes of wrath i'd never seen uh or read that book and uh, i watched that movie for the first time and i was like holy shit like <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen it it's like pretty fucking old news <laughs> but i was blown away by that pretty John de pretty movie. depressing yeah but like, like kind of inspiring in a way like the end because yeah. and that was the thing that really got me to want to watch it is like there's this quote in the song where it says and tom said quote and he's like wherever there's a cop beating a guy wherever there's a new unborn baby crying wherever there's the blood and hatred in the air it's like great like language it's like listen for me ma i'll be there you know where people are fighting so there's something kind of inspiring about that 
And uh, anyway, so I saw that recently and I'm just going through all that and um, and enjoying that's kind of, and then there's also this great resource for his live recordings that publishes pretty regularly. And it's called, it's a company called Nugs. So it's like for each album, I can go through all these things and then go find the corresponding tour and like listen to a show from it or two and, you know, kind of get a taste of that. It's been really fun. But I'm, I have, I'm, I'm at this kind of pivoting point and um, with the new Pearl Jam album about to drop, I'm going to go back and do all that for Pearl Jam for the first time in, you know, 10 years or something, maybe more. But the they've been dropping a couple songs from that and it sounds pretty cool. The Dance of the Clairvoyance, I really like. They just put one out the other day, a teaser for uh, Blood, what was Super the, Wolf what was Blood. The single Moon? they released before that. That was the first one, Dance of the Clairvoyance, and now there's one about okay. like Super Blood Wolf Moon or something. That is not. I heard one. I did like it for me. I like the new Green Day single that was out too. Oh, like, I haven't heard that. I didn't even know there was one. Uh, yeah. Um, Rage Against the Machine announced a tour. Really? Did that? I did not yeah, know that. Like they're like a revival tour or reunion tour. I never listened to that's one of those bands where I'm like, I bet I would love it. And I just haven't. I've just because because uh, when I describe, you know, the process that I'll sometimes go through when I get dig into someone's career, it's time intensive <laughs> and a commitment. Yeah, um, but there's they're on that short list of like people that I know I'll like really love, but just haven't taken the time yet. So maybe now that'll be a good excuse. Uh oh yeah no uh they're unique I remember it, it it was my adult life before I finally appreciated them same with Beastie Boys like I just could not I know that sounds awful but I grew up in like the prime Beastie Boys time you know like where all their stuff was coming out and it just didn't appeal to me until I was a grown up hmm. you know I don't yeah they still don't I mean I I respect the idea of them and their ethos and all that but yeah that. They're not on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the master list. Yeah. The all important <laughs> what Dave's listening to list. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. Stupid. Speaking of stupid, I have a JCVD and me. Uh, like I have enough things to warrant a segment for that. <laughs> if you're uh, willing to yeah, listen. let's do it. <laughs> so I, um, I, oh, okay. The, the the I guess what we kicked this off is that you know the we had the crossover episode with the uh, Jean Pod Van Dam cast, uh, yep. John and Jeff over there, and they've been on, kind of on a hiatus as they caught up with Van Dam's career and then went through all any related like six degrees of Van Dam type thing that they could do by the time last year that I discovered them and eventually we did the crossover episode and the idea with the crossover episode is that it would you know, we toyed around with like, would we, some of, some of the ones on other podcasts I've heard, it's like the first half of a conversation would be at one person's show and you got to go over to the other to hear the conclusion of the conversation. But what we elected to do between our two shows is just have the same conversation wrapped up in, in presented on each show to each audience. And, uh, I saw, and so John communicates with me on Twitter, um, about Van Damme stuff or, or, or the, the slow progress of like getting this, uh, crossover episode um ultimately published as i think jeff's schedule has changed a lot and i think john's been sick a lot and doing a lot of other things i think i mentioned in our wrap-up show like he did a professional wrestling course <laughs> himself yep. um anyway but so he he said that they'd recorded their wraparound or their intro for for that and that'll be coming out on their channel soon i think john's like in germany right now though or something so i don't know if that will be published by the time this comes out or w when that'll happen but it's it, there's been major progress <laughs> so the, um 
but I think in some of this back and forth, uh, he just reached out to me. He's like, hey, this other, because there's another Jean Pod. It's actually called Jean Pod Van Damme, not Jean Pod Van Damme cast, but just Jean Pod Van Damme. That I think when John and Jeff first started recording and they had checked, there weren't other Van Damme um, shows, but I think in the time when they were kind of amassing their first handful of episodes before they started releasing them, the, the another one started to publish. And so, uh, and then they, they had him on their show, this guy, Marcus Jones, that um, hosts that show. Jean Pod Van Dam is what the name of that one is. But, and it has a Twitter page and all this, but you, I couldn't find anywhere to listen to it. And so, like, um, John from the Jean Pod Van Damme cast, oh my God, he was like, hey, you can still hear um, this on this Google platform, but I couldn't figure it out. I don't have uh, a Windows machine or whatever. I couldn't, like, you can't get. You can't go to the Apple store and get like a Google uh, podcast player. You know, the, you got to use the Apple one. So, so I was, I was, it just wasn't working out. And then I was like, well, I wonder if I, you know, if I just could find this guy online, maybe John would help me or something like, would he maybe just let me hear these, this run of the show? Cause he did the same thing, like went through the career, uh, went through the very, right. like a, a, a movie per episode. So I found him and I was like, you know, I will, be happy to um i just want to hear the run you won't find a more appreciative audience like i really enjoy this man and his work and podcasts about it so <laughs> could you see it in your heart to to share it with me i would help you get it on uh youtube if you want you know or, or something just like reciprocal labor <laughs> uh i think i just basically asked that they'd be open to sharing it and and he got back to me like right away he's like yeah sure and so ultimately i ha- have had a hand in getting uh video versions which is kind of the same as ours right now where there's no real video component other than like a still image and then you using youtube as the distribution platform but if you go to crushed celluloid you can the the episodes are starting to roll out of jean pod van damme and uh that's um headed up by marcus jones and i'm i've been listening privately there's a couple that never did come out on his uh uh like podcast feed that I guess for some reason he said never got around to publishing. Um, but I've been really enjoying that. Um, it's different than John and Jeff's show in that it, it's still somebody with the same kind of youthful and, and he's a similar generation to them where like they talk a lot about like seeing stuff on TNT and all this and yeah, different than like me being a 10 year old seeing Lionheart in the theater type thing. Um, but um, you know, the, the general sort of love for Van Damme is there. But also, you know, if you love Van Damme and you still love Van Damme, you have to have. It's he's not like <laughs> without folly, or you know, like in his personal life or in film. So like, there's always uh, right, and he's great. Thankfully, he's got a great sense of humor about himself, etc. But so all of that kind of comes into play where you're able to kind of embrace the whole thing if 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 you do, uh, as the hosts of these podcasts do. And somehow I didn't end up hosting one on my own, but. <laughs> um, uh so but the way that the marcus's show is different is that marcus is also a general kind of film geek um not just of genre cinema but of also like kind of more um i i don't know i guess let's say arty stuff or something like that but um he's involved in this uh i don't know if it still exists but the dissolve film group so it's a lot of like i mean i'll say film snob i hope no one takes offense to that but like people that have strong opinions as you do sometimes when you're young or perhaps throughout your life, if that's your personality of, of about what is good and what is bad and, and 
movies and cinema and stuff like that. So people are passionate about it. So Marcus is one of those people, but he also is just like loves Van Damme movies and he loves like kind of trashy uh, action cinema or, or whatever. And, uh, and so he'll invite someone on who gets, who picks one of Van Damme's movies, but maybe has never seen any Van Damme movies. And they kind of evaluate them from this different perspective with him who loves it, but also can kind of see them where they are and, and discuss things from a different perspective. So I've, I've really been enjoying that. I think they've, uh, he, so I put them up on YouTube and then he goes through and puts in like the, the metadata and then publishes them publicly as he sees fit. And I think there's Bloodsport and the Friends episode <laughs> and Hard Target there so far over at Crush Study Lloyd. <laughs> so that was item one <laughs> and two, I guess, in my Don Cot Blood Van Dam corner. Similarly, with the podcast angle, Mr. Van Dam is going to be hosting a podcast of his own which i don't know if we talked about <laughs> yeah we, we did talk about it i saw that i remember the text but i <laughs> yeah so it's called damn good fight <laughs> and he's co-hosting with his son chris and i guess they're going to just t- kind of talk about to people in probably various fields but just like the tenacity or their whatever their journey is to have, uh, achieve some level of success i guess but it's um there's like a I think it's damngoodfight.com. Let me double check that real quick. But there's like a sample up and you can sign up for a mailing list to uh, be notified when episodes start to roll out. But it's a fun, it seems to be a fun dynamic where, you know, JC is pretty kooky and, <laughs> and his son kind of grounds him a bit. And but, but also there's like a knowing back and forth where I think he's, Van Damme is playing into the, uh, into the role of maybe not understanding this, that, or the other. And, and it's, I don't know, it's a fun, like, kind of, it's not like Abbott and Costello exactly, but they're, they're kind of a comedy duo, at least in the teaser. So uh, I think always, though, it comes down to Van Damme, like, I came to this country and <laughs> I had a dream. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to uh, for me. And then he started to do, remember, he had done that, like, training series you could sign up to train with van yeah. Dam, and i did so and i screen scraped them knowing that they would disappear from the internet at some point which happened much sooner than i anticipated but um but so he i don't i don't know where it will go yet exactly but he did a live facebook stream of a kind of a training session similar to that but like at facebook headquarters with like a live audience and he's wearing like a gi uh, kind of like a cobra kai gi with like the cut off shoulders yeah. it's a black gi yeah and then like a ball cap with a J- you know <laughs> that with jcvd across the because <laughs> he's bald probably yeah 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 so that's happening <laughs> oh my gosh this is fantastic there's a lot going on like <laughs> super super fantastic Holy jeez. Nice Thank you. And then lastly, this hasn't happened yet, but it will be before we record next. I'm going, the bride and I are going to a live Mystery Science Theater 3000 taping in Minneapolis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Of No Retreat, No Surrender. <laughs> the, oh, yes. The Van Damme's American screen debut, other than his like dancing in the background of Breaking. So but, is, uh, is this for the Netflix? So that is the news or is this JCVD the Rift Tracks and guy? Yeah, and and actually, I think there. I learned from the Marcus Marcus's podcast that there is a riff track for it because on the episode for No Retreat, No Surrender, like there should be a mystery science theater for this, and this was 
like in 2017, maybe they were saying this and I was like, oh my God, what are the odds? I'm about to go to one. <laughs> and, then, and then no sooner did I like pause the podcast to type that in a note that I was going to send to Marcus as then I hit unpause and he's like, actually, there's a riff tracks of that movie. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, what? <laughs> so I don't know if the, because uh, those are the riff tracks that were like just audio only. Is that right? And then you can yeah, sync them yourself. And, uh, there was, I mean. They tell you when you start pl- when to start playing the DVD on the track. I see, I see. And so then you'd like listen with your iPod or your phone or whatever and headphones on while the movie's playing in- on your normal TV like it normally would. Huh. Uh, but it's the- all the guys. It's it's original cast members from Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Yeah, not like the new uh, Jonah Ray, Patton Oswalt. I think they're the one. Yeah, that is all new cast. Um, the robots are the same, but it's they're all voiced by different by new people. So, but oh. this, th- I'm sorry, because you you cut out a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. When so, I asked, so like this is for the Netflix show, right? Like uh, actually, live taping for the Netflix show. I'm looking online, and it says, "Join us to see creator Joel Hodgson, Tom Servo, and Crow riffing like you've never seen them in person." Oh wow, yeah. So that's that's cool. So yeah. that's the original. That's oh man, you are in for a treat, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'm just excited to see No Retreat, No Surrender on the big screen. Yeah, <laughs> Jason oh, Stillwell, man, man and, and the ghost of Bruce Lee. Well, they rip on, r- rip on it the whole time, though. That's gonna that's be okay. the fun part. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's well. And now I'm wondering is like, is this then just them like a band would perform their songs? Or are they just going to perform their riff tracks routine? <laughs> I wonder. I. Yeah, no, that is weird. I haven't like, heard it. Would so they it'd be sit new to in me. the front row, like right. so you just see the back of their head the whole time, and then they just like talking to microphones. I don't know. Yeah, I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> weird. But, uh, so that's coming up anyway. But awesome. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So Jean Claude, JCVD, and me, and you. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not with me and you. <laughs> no. It doesn't work though when I say it. You have to say it. It is it is me that is spending so much time with yeah. the guy. <laughs> I I love oh, these podcasts man. both to hear people like kind of talk about those movies, but also it takes a long time, you know, to sit down and watch the movies, you know, takes time that I'm just not willing to dedicate now. But I'm so familiar right. with many of them that just hearing them talk about them, it's kind of like I don't know, it's a fun way to And then there's some that I actually haven't seen and it's weird like on the the Jean Pod Van Damme they're big fans. The one, the new one that I'm listening to that was previously unavailable for a while. They're really big fans of like the most recent, I want to say it's like 2010 or 11 forward sequels of Universal Soldier. And again, oh, it's wow. like these people approaching it from a different angle than like someone who just loved him growing up, where they're like evaluating them more objectively. And so. And I remember putting, I bought one of those, Regeneration, I think it's called, on DVD. I put it in the DVD player when I was living in Cleveland Heights. And like the first scene that came up was like so brutal. The fight, And I was just like, I don't think I even want to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm all intrigued by like hearing them talk about that. And then the one that follows that is some, some sort of weird noir movie. And I don't it's, it's sort of, it's just been fun for me, these, uh, podcast awesome but um yeah yeah many things i've been listening to uh, i guess we can i can tack this onto the king corner 
but I have been listening to the Institute. I've been working my way through oh, that, cool. and yeah. uh, which is the like sequel to Firestarter or the loose sequel to Firestarter. Um, and other than the like shady black op organization that's like keeping these psychic kids, that's really the only. There hasn't been like similar characters or anything like that. Okay. It, uh, it's the Institute, literally. Yeah. 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 So, um, that it's been, it's been good. Uh, I just put together a, a list of good audiobooks of Stephen King's to listen to for one of the guys that I work oh, with. Oh, what's, so. what, from memory, what can you recall? So you were like, these are some particularly oh. good ones. Oh, yeah. Like seminal ones, you know, like ones that he should start with. It, of course, yeah. is a masterpiece, The Stand. Um, I think I've had uh, Salem's Lot in there, the Dark Tower series for sure. Um, not a lot of stuff from the 90s. Isn't that funny? Tommyknockers. I love the Tommyknockers. Such a good book. Was that yeah, in the 90s? Those were the big ones. Or was that, did that as a book come out in the 80s? I think that came out in the, maybe in the early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. 80, 89, 87? Uh, that's a good question. Let's find out. The one that would be next for me, I think, is, it's like maybe, is the word dragon in it? I want to say dragon eyes. Of it. Eyes of the I, dragon? Okay. Oh, that's funny, because that one of the Van Damme movies I haven't seen, but may still not based on both podcasts not recommending oh. it it's called dragon eyes but so eyes of the dragon yeah eyes of the dragon i think i started uh, time knockers november 10th 1987 oh nicely done nice yeah i understand like that's so. the kind of thing that i know too like about certain stuff yeah. that i i wish i knew useful things but really i just know yeah <laughs> that yeah. type of thing i was like oh time knockers i believe that was 87 89 <laughs> maybe let me see oh 87 yeah, that's... yes that's the year. <laughs> yeah i haven't I, I really haven't been listening to any audiobooks i've been listening i guess to a lot of music and then a lot of the music that i was uh listening to in order to get it up on the dreaming out loud site um but i think because i think i'm right close to even what would i'm right close to being the right thing to listen to would be dark tower books and so i, th I feel like I don't know why but i feel like summer's a good time for that sort of thing <laughs> oh no that's a, it's, it's good especially if it takes you into the fall like mm. as it's ending like that's that's a great time to listen to it for sure would you still have it up in front of you the the library thing or would you close it uh i don't have any library thing up i just i just oh, typed, typed in oh, when it was top and knockers published a lot of times i go to the stephen king site for the that and it, they have like the, they call it the library <laughs> um oh yeah i can't remember what would be after the the dragon one it might be like the second Dark Tower book. I'm not sure. But, uh. Yeah, thanks for that. Let me see. I like here. to just wildly question and then not take action <laughs> to find out. Uh, let's see here. Eyes of the Dragon. Yeah, Drawing a Three, which is, uh, yes, the second. That's the one. second. Okay. Um, That's kind of what I was yeah, thinking. I was doing Eyes I, of the Dragon. I would do then. Eyes of the Dragon. So. Listen to that first, because uh, it's super short. It's a fairy tale, and it's read very well. 
Cool. And then do the whole Dark Tower series. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's 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 the route I would go. All right. And I would just do the the updated and revised edition of the Gunslinger, like the that one will be read by George uh, Goodell. Goodell, which w- whatever previous one would not be. Yeah. Okay. The That'll original version of it was read by uh, Mueller. Okay, so Goodell. Okay. Frank Mueller, yeah. It's funny, I and, listened to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I just... The the revised and updated edition just fills... It, it creates more continuity for the whole series. Uh, it, he fixes some um, contradictions that he... That were created later on in the series. So... Cool. Yeah, I'll go with that one. I... I was realizing, or, or or because of hearing uh, the cycle of the werewolf audio that you hooked me up with, um, I realized that some of the maybe l- less less well read or like no, not like a Frank Muller or whatever, might be not just audiobooks, but but like series for the blind. Uh, it very well could be because it says or- that at the end of it, it's like you know for the library of books for the blind. I'm like, oh. So yeah. maybe like rage is that kind of thing too, where it's like, come on, you dipshit motherfucker. Like, yeah. And there, I, I just don't think that. So I remember getting from the library, this audiobook version of the Hobbit. And it was like big, it was like this big, you know, because it was unabridged and it was yeah. on cassettes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember I couldn't listen to it because it was read. It, I was younger, was like so dry. And audiobooks weren't my thing, and uh, and it was read like rage, where there was it. It was just I'm just reading the words that are on this page. I'm not reading the story. I'm not telling the story. I'm reading the story. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's what audiobooks were until you started getting readers like George Goodell and Frank Muller who were like, no, let's actually tell the story while we're reading it, you know? Right. Yeah. And I could see, so I've had some people tell me I don't like audiobooks because I don't like having some other person's version of the characters in my, I like picturing what they sound like myself and mm-hmm. build, like that's part of the experience of reading for me. That That's what I've heard people say. I totally get that. Uh, but I would much rather have somebody, if I'm going to listen to an audio book, telling the story r- versus just reading it for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. But I think some of those early ones, like they're obviously like ripped from a cassette, you know, like the, you can still hear like the, the, um, analog buzz, like fuzz sound, you know, on them. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that was just because he was not like, yeah, he was Stephen King, even at this time, like he, he had some notoriety, but just uh, there wasn't a market like there is now for audiobooks. And I can imagine like when it was just cassettes, they wouldn't be like they wouldn't be marketable at all. Like he hated abridgments. <laughs> and so all of his books would have to be that like a, like you know, 45 cassette tapes, you know, like to <laughs> yeah, get one book, yeah. like that's not like cost effective at all. Right. You know? Right. So, to make probably either. So there, yeah, there's a lot fewer yeah. of them. So they, I, I could see where some of these like lesser publications that weren't these huge giant, like 
New York Times bestsellers that they just kind of got the like, we have to do this to fulfill some requirement. You, you know, like this reading is for the blind. Type yeah, thing, yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's fun. It, it, we're kind of lucky in some ways that I'm not home because I earmarked because I had listened to that cycle of the werewolf uh, audiobook because I had, I had read that one because it was short. Like I read it on a plane or something last year. But uh, I read the screenplay, which I talked a little bit about, like how how the werewolf talked and stuff. But yeah. the, <laughs> I earmarked a handful of passages because the descriptions is the first and only so far Stephen King screenplay that I've read. And it's just hilarious. Like there's things in there. He's like, well, I'm sure the director will want to do something like this. It's like so casual. He's like, I don't know. Maybe we're pointed up from beneath. <laughs> it was the, the, the screen direction. And it wasn't always, but there's a handful of times the screen direction was just, it made me laugh. Like I could hear him as the author or just as Stephen King, the personality kind of coming through. <laughs> or sometimes it's like, I don't know, the director will shoot as will. But like other times he's like, I don't know, we might want to see this. Or we're probably going to, or I'm sure it's going to be this. <laughs> just like, what voice is this? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that was fun. fun oh, yeah. Me. But uh did you want to do yeah. goals? I know we had teased that last time. And I didn't know if you'd already like had them prepared um, at that time or if uh, you hadn't even really no, dug into it yet. I'm not ready yet to talk about goals. Yeah, that's all right. I haven't really like uh, formalized or really even kicked them off the ground yet. I, I, I mean, I have this thing. I have this list. This is my, I mean, that's my goals right there. That's these six words. That's and, interesting. Yeah. I just wanted to be minimalistic so I like didn't have to think about it. So that just, could do. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily for the conversation. I just mean for life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You had so the Venn diagram last year. <laughs> yeah. It's just these six things that if I can just remember to do these things, like I think I'll be better. Um, but, the, you know, that's just to keep these in the forefront. And then... uh. But I want to, I really want to, I need to have a time budget. I really need to like figure that part out of my life right now so that I'm, I'm not getting anything done. You know, like it took me like two weeks to just edit this video that really iMovie did most of everything. Uh, I just don't get anything done. So I think if I really make this time budget, like that'll help where I just say, okay, this time is for this thing, this activity, so that I don't have to think about, well, what do you want to do with this limited amount of time you have? I don't, that part's already figured out, so I can just jump right into doing that thing. So, um, yeah, maybe March, maybe, maybe March we'll talk about goals yeah. and uh, I'll have some stuff firmed up then. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no rush, no pressure. I mean, if if I, I mine were much less. Like I think last year when you shared yours, I didn't really have mine yet, and it took me a while. And I went through this exhaustive sort of process of examining my journal and, and practices first, and then. But so this year it was more just like refining what I did last year. So um, awesome. I, I it was it was very helpful for me to have done it the way I did it last year, and the show was a good excuse for me to do that. Um, but it's not something that is especially important to me to share so i just we don't have to do them ever yeah. really if you find if, if it doesn't come around to it for i I'll, I'll i will have much I, I i will be much more prepared to talk about them i think next month 
So cool. Well, it sounds like you've been in some some like good good stuff that I know you want to do, like be intentional about like spending time with humans and stuff, and so these pinball parties yeah. and stuff, and the league. It's all good yeah. stuff. That was all good. Uh, I have. Uh, well, I'll leave on this. We'll I'll, we'll wrap on this like little fun anecdote. Uh, I destroyed our toilet in our house. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, so uh, this was a nightmare when it happened. I can laugh about it now, but it was awful. Just in the sense of, um, I know you don't watch fail videos, uh, but. A common thing in fail videos are people that put or are recording and trying to be funny by putting firecrackers in toilets, and usually the toilet just explodes, like the whole thing explodes. Oh, whoa. And it's like kids will do it at like parties or rentals or whatever, and I'm just like, motherfucker, do you know how devastating? Like, how would you even deal with that? How would you deal with a toilet just like one second being a toilet and the next second just being fucking disaster right <laughs> like how do you deal with that in your life and i would see this happening in these like ever not all the time not every fail like compilation but every like 20 of them there would be one of those where a toilet would just one sip one frame it's a toilet and the next frame it's a fucking disaster right like and so, so this language for some reason because i know you're talking about like physical destruction through like a firecracker yeah. but all i can think of yeah. is my experiences with that privately well i mean just think of what a toilet is like and what it does and then it hold. i mean it holds two gallons of water water is like the most destructive force on the planet right and so so i destroyed a toilet and at and it, it wasn't that I just destroyed a toilet. It was a night that, like, we were getting an ice storm. It was 8.45 p.m. And Lowe's closed at 10. So, like, went to go to use the bathroom through a series of unfortunate events. The tank of the toilet that holds all the water for when you flush it cracked and then emptied out all over like all like and then the water is still on so oh like so you're talking about the the top that's like behind you if you're sitting down yeah 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 oh man when were you sitting down at the time and so (laughs) so what happened was i didn't look and the and I tried to sit I was gonna sit down and the seat was up. And so I sat and fell back. And when I oh, fell back, it like no. <laughs> hit that tank and cracked it. And then all this water was everywhere. Just instantly. Just water just up to my ankles everywhere in the bathroom. Like I'm just like, where the fuck is this water coming from? I like thought the bidet was on. It wasn't the bidet. It was just like every towel we had comes out out all over the floor to like sop up all this water. I finally get the water turned off. I had a guest over. We were playing pinball. You weren't like, alone like, in the house at the time? What's that? You had someone over at the time? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. 
Yeah, so I was like, I'm sorry, you gotta go. I have to go get her buy a toilet. Like I never have put a toilet in before. Like and I'm like, okay, you can do this. Like you can put it like I went from never having like from thinking somewhere in my brain the highest level of crisis that you could ever have to deal with is your toilet exploding, right? Like <laughs> I went from that to like, and I gotta put a toilet in now. Like, you know, like and so I went and and I had a toilet. I didn't have it installed, but I had every a toilet in my house ready to be installed in less than an hour Whoa. after it broke, right? Uh but then I had to make multiple trips to like 24-hour Walmarts cuz I like our house is fucking outrageous and not everything is like the way it should be so i would have i would be like oh now i need this thing so i'd have to go back to walmart and get another thing it was like i was up till three in the morning trying to like get this thing i finally got it all put in and it leaned and i'm just like this isn't right so the next day i took it all out again and like reinstalled it but it's all i then i had then i called my talk to my landlord and i'm like this is what happened (laughs) i was like my fucking fault sorry but I, I put it in. I didn't want to bother you. But can you come over and look at it just to make sure that it's up to your, you know, you're okay with it? And he's like, oh, you did an excellent job. It looks great. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. So, yeah, man, just when you think, like, what, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Your toilet exploding and then it happens to you? You can, like, I didn't handle myself very well in, in the moment. I was... <laughs> I will admit that. Uh, <laughs> but in hindsight, I still got the fucking toilet installed. Like I was able to deal with that problem. Like, it's like, what do you mean? You not the end of the so fucking you, like, world. Just bolt imagine, downstairs like, and you're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <I> got- <laughs> <laughs> all those things. All- I want to like, get into it. Dripping water. <laughs> like I have like my, like one leg of my jeans is wet. Literally from my belt loops down to the ankle. The other leg, completely dry. How did that happen? Like, I don't know how that happened. Fucking crazy. Oh, uh, my God. Just, like, pouring water everywhere and oh, just outrageous. So, yeah. But they sell a whole toilet in a box. It's got everything you need in it. Huh. As long as, like, your house is set up properly, which mine is not. <laughs> so... I think but yeah, both of ours could yeah, use. Uh, I, all I could think replacing. of is I was like, "We gotta shit in the morning. Our morning time is our shit time. Like, that's when we shit. What are we gonna do if we can't shit? <laughs> I it think everyone awful. can relate to that. Yeah, it is a crisis. Like that is a crisis. I mean, you have two toilets. We have a toilet. That's yeah. what we have. You oh know? no. Like, <laughs> You handled yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Ash was volunteering and like I couldn't get a hold of her. So I'm just like, I don't, you know, it's great. It's noble what you're doing. But in a fucking emergency, I need to get in touch with you. Like, we got a shit. It's gone. We got a shit in the morning. I, I'm not, I was going to say, I hope you left a message to that effect, but I guess not. But but that would be a hilarious oh, message. There's probably, oh man, there's, te- I'm sure there's text messages. That, like, oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. So that's, uh... and then I'm telling I'm telling my landlord he's like he's like, well, what kind of toilet did you buy? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what fucking what does that mean? It's a toilet, it's the kind that flushes like. And he's like, well, they got this chair height. I'm like, yeah, I got chair height. He's like, oh, that's a good kind. Like, you got a good one. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Yeah. They're, they're doing yeah. me a favor of installing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I broke the fucking toilet. I'm not going to call him over at Corridor 9. Yeah, before the ice, ice storm. storm. Or <laughs> oh, my like, God. He lives like 40 minutes away. Like, come install a toilet that, you know, my fat ass broke because I didn't happen to notice the seat was up, you know? like That's bad enough when that happens just to fall in to begin with. <laughs> like, with the yeah. end. Oh, with yeah. The, with the devastation <laughs> and then the burden <laughs> of needing to fix it before an ice storm at 845. Oh, yeah. They could shit in the morning. Awful. Oh, well, when that happens to me, I'll just think to myself, like, I can do this. Palmer did yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just good. Just, just like one step at a time YouTube here. videos, I, like, I had YouTube, like, go playing over my car. I wasn't watching the video. Yeah, but, like, so I could listen to, like, what to do <laughs> and was in Lowe's and out of Lowe's and back in my house in 45 minutes with the toilet part. And uh, what... Uh, really threw me off is I needed two. I bought like these waxless seals, like so. Uh, toilet sealed to the floor with a wax ring. I don't know if you know this, but it's like it's and it's like this really thick brown. Why they couldn't pick a different color? <laughs> sticky wax, like it's like think beeswax almost. How like that's pliable and like stringy almost you know mm-hmm. and you smush it into the bottom of the toilet and then that smushes down on the on the like pipe the drain pipe okay and it creates a seal but when you pull like every time you pull a toilet off and put it back on you need to put a new one of those you have to clean all that wax off and then put a new wax ring on there and it's fucking gross so they have since in the last i don't know how long have made waxless seals that use like this special foam and they're like guaranteed for 10 years and they compress down but you can reposition the toilet you can take the toilet off and on and no leaking with those Hmm. but because so i bought one of those but because my the way that my subfloor is so much higher than the drain i needed to use two so i need that's one of the things i needed to go back for was get two of those well and you to get a second one of those yeah you couldn't know that ahead of time I mean, no yeah, i wouldn't have known that <laughs> yeah. ahead of time yeah. so that's good problem yeah. solving <laughs> great story oh man jesus it was fucking horrendous it, at the time it sucked now it's funny but man yeah my biggest concern was like we have one toilet we both shit in the morning <laughs> like that's both of our shit times i don't want to shit at work like we got to figure this out we got to solve this toilet problem you know, yeah. so I have I certain guess... times too. I can relate to that, but I remember one of, I think it's even like an early pre podcast, like clandestine Twitter post of the shit. The bride says, and it was more just private between she and I, it was some, but the something she, I don't know what the whole quote was, but the, the end of it was like 
there's no special time for pooping. This is like her experience. Because <laughs> I think I was something similar. <laughs> uh, no, there is totally a special yeah. time for pooping. That's how you, you put your body on a, ske- on a schedule. On schedule yeah. <laughs> you can plan for it. You're not yeah. caught unawares. <laughs> and if you miss that time, it will fuck you up. Yeah, like, that's a bad you, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so the moral of the story is if you think you know if you're like that ever happens to me that could probably be the most terrible thing that could ever happen i don't know if i'd ever be able to handle that situation two things are going to happen the first is is the universe is going to say fuck you (laughs) guess what's going to happen to you that we're definitely going to make sure that (laughs) happens to you now that you said you won't you won't be able to handle it. And the reason the universe does that to you is because it says, "Yeah, you can't handle it." And you figure it out. Yeah. Like cuz you if morning's your shit time and you don't have a fucking toilet, you know what you do? You do whatever you have to to get a fucking toilet installed, and that's what I did. Fucking A. I'm Jesus. proud of you. You pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. So the box. I, re- I remember that because the box for the new toilet is sitting right here next to me. So, um, <laughs> that's amazing. Outrageous. That was a that was a good adventure. So. <laughs> I'll say. Memorable for me too. Now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the unboxing of the pinball, the Star Wars pinball, that will be up by the time this launches. Uh, head over to Elda. Uh no, youtube.com slash long walk short drink, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we are oh, that because we have a unique URL and uh subscribe over there. Uh we're still working on getting the live streams back up. Uh I need to see that's another thing. I I know what I need to do. It's just chiseling in the time to do it. So hopefully that'll happen soon. Um, but head over to youtube.com slash long walk short drink. Make sure you subscribe, ring the bell. Uh, you get Dave puts all of these episodes up there. Um, head over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Uh, start your free audible trial download. Uh, the what's the, what's the HBO show again? The watcher. Oh, Watchmen. Yeah. The, yeah. The Watchmen, uh, the Institute. Eye of the Dragon, any of the Dark Tower books, any of those. Uh, and uh, The Outsider, probably, right? Is that Oh, The Outsider. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. That's yeah, that's I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I what said I meant, the wrong yeah. thing because The Watchmen's the a graphic novel. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that audio. will not be on audio, probably. <laughs> Jeez. Um, head to, you can download these, an audio version from any of your uh, podcasting apps, Stitcher, iTunes. Leave us a review on one of those things. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. We need to figure out how to get on Spotify podcast. Uh, yes, somebody asked yeah. me today if if our podcast was on Spotify and we were not on there. So uh, maybe coming soon to Spotify near you. Indeed. I believe they're more uh, selective, but we might be able to. We might be uh, able to maybe. get on. I, uh, I can't remember I'll, when I last looked. It was. But but now, you know, you know, <laughs> I'll look yeah. into it. And uh, follow us at LWSD Pod on Twitter. All right, well, man. get some get some sleep. My best to to ash in the animals. Uh, awesome. All right, all right, dude. Be well, my friend. Yep, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. All right, yep. Bye.